Welcome to BS Sucks Radio. Hi, I'm Brendan. Uh, I'm Tim. And I'm Adam. And this is Beer Sucks, a podcast about craft beer where we're going to try and take some of the wankerism out of craft beer. Uh, we've aptly named ourselves the BS Podcast, as in Beer Sucks, because uh, we'll be doing a lot of bullshitting. Pretty much. Yeah. And Tim doesn't like to talk, apparently. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is our first podcast, so it's going to be awkward. Luckily, we have somebody here to make it a little bit more awkward. Going to hold our hand through the whole process. Well, hopefully, because I just found out he actually has a broadcast journalism degree. So that's pretty cool. Super uh, outdated, though. Like, uh, I, I went to uni like uh, over 10 years ago. I don't remember much. Man, we can tell you're a brewer and not a sales dude because you should have talked that up. I <laughs> <went> off. Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're just three dudes that have just bought some audio equipment and are like, yeah, cool. <laughs> Yeah, let's plug this in and see what happens. Exactly. So, welcome, Reese from Other Side Brewing. Thank you very much. It's a, it's an honour to be here. Thanks for coming on, man. It's great to have you here. Uh, I believe that your last name's Lopez. That's correct. Is that a soft L? Lopez. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's... <laughs> I, I, I just pronounce it Lopez, you know, just phonetic, phonetically. Lopez. Yeah. You okay. mean just normally? Just, just normally, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can you can pronounce it any kind of fancy way you want, really. I think it just uh, uh, enhances the thing, really. Well, pretty much, it's a verdict then. It's <laughs> <our best>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right, so we're going to kick off our show um, with recent happenings in beer. A segment we're going to do every time we do a podcast. Hopefully, and we get getting a better name as it comes along because recent happenings in beer is going to make me turn off. Pretty well, quick. it sucks, but that's okay. We can change that. <laughs> um, so Adam, do you want to tell us what's happening with BrewDog in the world of Australian craft beer? Yeah, so uh, we've just recently found out that uh, the, the the punks of brewing and turning into a giant shitty corporation, BrewDog, are uh, trying to move <laughs> their way into Australia. So um, preferably looking at a site somewhere, was it Newcastle? Newcastle or somewhere else? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. Um, not really too chuffed about it at the moment, considering. Um, how do you guys feel about that one? I'm not looking forward to it at all. Um, I think a lot of their business practices have shown that they're not as punk as they like to make out. And, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it just looks like it's going to be pretty shitty for some of the local brewers around here. So... I mean, it would be effectively like if Sierra Nevada just rocked on up in here and started the exact same thing that they're doing uh, in the US. They are a very large company um, who have the buying capacity to uh, really change how craft beer is sort of perceived in Australia, I think. What do you think, Reese? Um, I, I guess... I'm not, like, I, I don't really care either way. I mean, to be honest, I don't really have a lot of respect for BrewDog because of the things you mentioned, the kind of, um, you know, look how punk anarchist we are, but then at the same time just essentially creating a corporation. Yeah. And there's a lot of that kind of, um, uh, just a lot of a lot of style with no substance. You know, they, they pretend they're, they're investing in and supporting uh, these new upstart breweries, but effectively they're just creating another corporation. You know, they're, they're, just, they're just buying a, a brewing empire um, you know, they, they do this equity for punks thing, but what they're doing is they're just crowdsourcing money from from their fan base based on the strength of their brand without actually 
giving anything back, you know, without actually having any any obligation to those people who are essentially propping mm. up their business and encouraging them to create a corporation. Exactly. So apparently this from from what I've read is pretty much just going to be like a franchise. Yeah. So uh, we But, but really they're going to have a production facility as well, is that correct? Yeah. So they'll have a production facility here, but it will be yeah, franchised out with apparently very low returns. So it's No, I think that's for the on-premise. Just stuff. the on-prem? I yeah. believe so. I'd, I'd be surprised if they franchised out their production facility. Okay, but, maybe but I'm at, just incredibly misinformed. At the same time, <laughs> like I, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to see them come here. I think um, it might take the shine off the kind of fanboy thing because a lot of people think you know Brewdog can do it wrong. People attribute them to mm. single-handedly creating craft in you know certain markets, but yeah, but. The, the 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 idea that they're going to somehow make high quality beer that's cheaper than everything else and then you know shake up the market is is a fallacy like like people people are making beer on the smallest margins they can and there's a lot of great producers here i think i think having someone who's kind of deified like brewdog you know under under the microscope might be good because then you can say actually they're not that much better than you know half a dozen operators mm. nationally yeah. and 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 a, and a dozen wa ones you know that's an interesting point that I think any one of us has actually sort of stopped to consider before that there actually could be, you know, some positive to it. Well, I think I'm a lot more pessimistic than some people, so I hadn't thought about it like that. But that that's yeah. okay. That's a really good point, actually. <laughs> I just welcome competition. You know, like yeah. I think uh, I think we can we can all stand to kind of get shaken up a little bit. I don't think that Brewdog's going to be the uh, the the competition. Like they're they're not going to they're not going to eliminate the competition like like some people fear. Mm-hmm. I think it's more the other way around. It's like um you know. I think what's exciting is that they might make us all step up with uh, marketing because that is something they do really well. Yeah, they, they've got really good beers. No, nobody can say otherwise on that. I think. Oh yeah. Um, but their marketing is, and and I guess the thing that we're all complaining about, but they do it so well. Mm. Um, and I th- I see that as a bit of an area for growth for craft beer in Australia. So I think that's pretty exciting. It could be huge. One thing though that I. I had a bit of a thought on was uh, materials though. So in terms of contracts for hops and all that sort of thing, that could add a bit of a spanner in the works for a lot of small producers. Would that be right? Um, to a degree, yeah. But I mean, there's no, as I understand it, there's no like Australian allocation for even Australian hops. So, so Galaxy or whatever, there's no portion of that kept aside specifically for Australia. So we're really buying on the global market anyway. Okay. So it doesn't matter whether they're here or New Zealand or America or whatever, like it's all... They all have access to it. They've yeah. all got access to it. It's all it's all you either contract it up or you buy it on the spot market or you run out. You know, there's there's the three options. Mm. And I'm pretty interested to see the price that, you know, their core range beers like Punk come in at now that they're going to be subjected to the same higher costs that we are in Australia being excise, you know, higher minimum working uh, wage. Electricity, mm. rent. E- everything. You know? yeah. yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where it comes in at. Um, and how they price that, how they deal with that, and how consumers reflect on that. I think mm. that'll be a big point for them to manage. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it will be interesting to see, see the beers produced here without having that excess of travel as well. So, which we all know is not the greatest for, for anything, let alone, you know, something as volatile as beer. Well, yeah, fresh punk should be fucking delicious. Fresh jackhammer. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, other things happening in beer, uh, Beervana. Tim, what can you tell us about Beervana? Uh, Beervana is a rather large uh, New Zealand-based beer festival. Um, it's hosted in Wellington every year, and it's part of a uh, a collaborative thing that Wellington does called Well on a Plate, um, which is basically like um, similar to our 
good beer week here in WA or in Melbourne. Uh, they have a lot of local restaurants get on board with this Willie on a plate. So they show a lot of different things and they do a whole bunch of stuff. But for me, being a massive beer nerd, is beer vine is going to be fucking sick. Um, basically, like all the producers from New Zealand can go to this and it's actually held in their fucking rugby stadium at Wellington Stadium. That's rugby pretty stadium. epic. Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah, it's really cool. I um, I went a couple of years ago. They say that there's um, uh, not as much RSA kind of stuff in New Zealand. I mean, while there's significantly less, I totally <laughs> proved that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Good. My man. Did you get cut like, off, did you? Oh, man. Like, Hishigozaki, Fork and Brawl, all the greats I got cut off from. It was amazing. <laughs> great. Great. Was that in one day? <laughs> no, no. I was there I was there for about uh, two and a half weeks altogether. But so, I you started. got cut off every day. <laughs> <laughs> I did my best. You oh, know. Wow. And that's why we invited you onto this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just Respect. glad that The I'm man not. knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm just glad I'm not the only piece of shit sitting at the table right now because I know that. Uh, yeah, I'm just enthusiastic. That. That's yeah, all. exactly. <laughs> a, a passionate drinker. Yeah, we're yeah. all enthusiastic drinkers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty pretty pumped to be to be going. Um, my understanding is that it was one of the largest beer festivals in the Southern Hemisphere when it was first uh, thought about. Yeah, I think it is, right? Yeah, well, like considering it's being held in a rugby stadium, I don't really think you have much to compete with. It's, it's more kind of like um, uh, the, 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 I guess, the, the part you walk through on the way to the st- seats of the stadium. It's not in like the bowl or anything. Oh, okay, like that. yeah. It's so kind it's of like a, a big loop of uh, like around the stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But even still, it's a space designed to cart tens of thousands of people within a short amount of time. So it's like a, you know, it's a big space. Oh, so is, is it bigger than Gab's or has Gab's now surpassed it? Um, my belief is that it could be bigger than Gab's. Um, As a single event, I'd say it might might be bigger than Gab's. Wow, but I mean, cool. Gab's obviously is, is in several cities. So I think yeah. Gab's has definitely grown to, to yeah. something. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the... Um, some of the beer vinyl exclusive beers. Straight off the rank, uh, Iced Out Unchained, which is uh, barrel aged for three years with Brett Namices, 12%. Nice. Um, we're actually having an off-air conversation about some high-grav barrel aged beers. Um, more on that later. Uh, but I'm pretty <laughs> fucking pumped. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, <laughs> I, I would be excited. Oh, I hate you so much. Let right me just now, scroll too. and I'll just, I'll just close my eyes and I'll choose another beer. What have we got? Uh, a a Piwo Grodzki. Grodziski. Pivol. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Two percent uh, truffled. Truffled. Um, Sour. Oak. Smoked wheat. Yeah. That is going to rip your face right apart. Oh no, two percent sounds super sessionable, man. Oat smoked wheat with it's truffles. Like, it's like fifty percent smoked malt or something. Like the the traditional recipe is really high in smoked malt. Small, smoked wheat malt. So uh, yeah, I just, so it's going to be pretty aggressive. I yeah. just found a 15% double RBA. And truffles aren't the most sessionable uh, <laughs> ingredient, I wouldn't have thought. No. Interesting. Yeah. I'd had, I'd had one of these. It was an imperial grod. It was called Grodzilla <laughs> by, um, <laughs> yeah, by a producer yeah. in the US at a beer festival. And I yeah, had to tip it out in front of the brewer. Because oh, it was, oh. I feel so bad. It was like... It was my first beer of the day and I was so hungover and he's like, try this, man. And I'm like, yeah. And it, was, it hit me and I'm like, oh my God, 
I can't. I can't deal. <laughs> it was so intense. So we, were you just trying to make a statement by pouring it out in front of you? Oh, I'd like, had a sip. No, like no. How much they, do they you actually, hate this guy? No, no. They actually <laughs> they recommend like that sort of thing. So, oh, you okay. know, like if you have something and you don't really enjoy it, just yeah, say, oh, look, this is not my thing. Just you know. really offend us and just no. tip it out all in front of us. Because <laughs> no. I know that, that I love that. Oh, I no, look. <laughs> exactly. At the, at the same time, like you're there at this festival drinking so many different beers. That's true. You want to be able to have the best experience. You don't want to just get to a point and go, oh, I've had 35 beers that aren't that great, but I can't tip them out and I'm pissed. I can't taste anything now. Do you think he was offended? Uh, no. Oh, good. That's yeah, nice. he just laughed at me when I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't handle. <laughs> I um, When I was at um, uh, Gab's just recently, I had a similar thing, kind of second or third beer of the day, 11 o'clock in the morning. I was at the um, Stockade uh, stockade booth and I was talking to the brewer there and I was introduced myself and, and Jackson Purse from Indian Ocean was there with me and um, and I just I, I had like I, I'd gone through his beers I had this really nice kind of uh, 8% Belgian blonde thing and it was delicious but I just had like a little tickle in my throat and just <clears throat> like coughed spluttered a bit he'd pivoted to talk to another uh, customer and I just had this perfect cough with like the best like air to liquid ratio you can imagine. This amazing cloud oh. of beer <laughs> sprayed <laughs> all over this guy's face, all through his beard. And I'm uh, like, I'm so sorry. It's like, mate, if you didn't like it, you could have just tipped it out. I'm like, no, no, it wasn't that. It was really good. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just like an involuntary reaction. I wasn't even drunk at this stage. Essentially, I, I just spit up on this guy. I, I couldn't handle it. Ran upstairs directly above us was, uh, was Feral Brewing. So I just grabbed a couple of their any IPAs, ran downstairs and apologized profusely to the guy. You know, I was just so <laughs> humiliated. Um, and I said, look, I'm really sorry please, you know, like I didn't mean it, any of it, please have these beers. If you ever come over to WA, just please come look me up. Uh, I'm at Indian Ocean Brewing. My name's Jackson Purser. And I'll look <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. that'll be great. When yeah. he rocks up to the Indian Ocean and just spits. Spit <laughs> 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 yeah, J- Jackson wasn't a fan that uh, I, to- when I told him. Yeah. <laughs> I so hope that happens. I really do. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, it's just Brody just gets spat on. He's like, "What <laughs> the fuck did I do?" <laughs> yeah, I'm not even Jackson. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, the last thing we're going to cover in recent happenings is something that is a little bit local to us. Um, a lot of people have been online discussing um, Dan Murphy's price matching and oh, yeah. taking in the BWS special that they've been offering and going in there to save a few bucks. Yeah, um, so for those of you guys that don't actually know, they are two very large chain corporations over here in Australia. So, yeah. Yeah, owned by the massive, same company? Yes, they, they are all at... Na- uh, all owned by the, by the same, same company. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a bit of a problem, I guess, at least for the craft beer um, scene and how we're being perceived and and kind of who's saying what and representing us. Um, it's a pretty big blight on the fucking industry, I think. I mean, people are making a really big deal um, about going into Dan Murphy's and requesting that they price match beers that BWS don't actually stock, um, trying to get 500 mil cans of a... You know, a very no, well-known local double IPA that shouldn't be in the deal. Um, some staff members have been abused, you know, all to save $3 over eight beers. Now, my feeling is if you need to save $3 on eight beers so badly that A, you're going to travel well out of your way and B, potentially uh, abuse staff members, you probably shouldn't be drinking beer in the first place. <laughs> You've probably got bigger issues to worry about. 
You are selling the name of craft beer. <laughs> Massively. You're just spitting on it. Um, it's disgusting. Guys, I think we should stop it. Let's get back to reviewing beers and talking about cool shit about beer. Um, you know, people are posting hall picks, which have always been the bane of you know, many people's existence. I'm not... I'm not uh, forgot my words then. anti hall pick. Yeah, I'm not anti hall pick because, I mean, if you scroll through it, you just go, oh, where the fuck did they get that from? And then you're like, oh, man, where'd you get that shit? And they're just like, I got it from here. And you're like, yeah, call them up and they're all out of stock of it. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you love them? I wouldn't say love. I just, I definitely don't hate them. I know, yeah. what you, I know what your point is when you want them to post up a picture, make it really relevant. But for me, I find that pretty relevant when they post something up. It gets a bit tiresome when it's the same old double IPA getting posted over and over and over. Oh, and that well-known 500 mil can one. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, look, mate, some people just, they don't feel comfortable writing a review on a beer. And, totally fine. You know, like, that's perfectly fine. That, that's, I think that's a really good point. Like, yeah. I mean, it's quite an intimidating subculture to, to involve yourself in and exactly. people that aren't particularly wordy or not confident with their with their own palate that yeah. I want to put under scrutiny you know it's a good way of participating but it's just maybe it's indicative of how many people are joining the conversation that that's 90% of the content mm. yeah. yeah quite frustrating anyway I think Definitely. we should cut that shit out just stop it <laughs> <laughs> even if you don't want to do reviews just post up a pretty picture man anybody can do that we've all got smartphones now yeah take, take a photo a cool in the shower you'll be right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like well, our friend Beer Walrus and um, shout I out mean, to the Beer Walrus yeah, my man follow him on Instagram <laughs> at Beer Walrus um, it's not hard to take a photo and just go man I like this beer that would be better than a whole pick for me. It, anyway, sad, maybe maybe I'm just a douchebag. Sadly, no, no, you're still going to get a lot of people on there going, "Why don't you like it?" What, you well, know? yeah, you probably will get that because there there are a lot of douchebags. Don't but pour I mean, it down I'm, the drain; someone yeah. will come for you. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, they will. <laughs> oh boy! Oh shit! At least tell me why you're pouring it down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking classic. Oh, thanks, so, prick. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Reese. That was awesome. Oh yeah. Um, so we're going to run through a couple of questions with our esteemed guest today. Um, esteemed. I mean, I like to talk you up, man. Oh, you are esteemed. <laughs> steamed. I, t- I told you, I'm I'm better at sales than brewing, so yeah. I'll talk you up. I'm hoping yourself. to get steamed. Maybe yeah. uh, <laughs> steamed. We'll open a few beers and we'll get. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. that wasn't a that wasn't a uh, a prod. It is a great segue <laughs> into it's a great uh, segue into <laughs> opening up. Our other side, Harvest Red, that we're about to crack. Exactly. Um, so, Reese is the head brewer, other side. Uh, we consider him a bit of a local beer dude and contributor to, you know, both the Perth commercial and home brewing scenes. Um, Reese, can you. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reese, can you tell us a bit about uh, what got you into brewing and give us a bit of a rundown mm. on your brewing history? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess, firstly, I. I I prefer to, to just go by brewer just because I'm the only one. Like I, I kind of feel it's a bit, bit wanky when you're the only guy there to call yourself head of brewer. That's you a know, good point, like actually. A, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, you know, it's like lead <laughs> forklift operator. It just doesn't, doesn't really. Are you also that as well? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I don't have a forklift, so no, <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have anything. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much gypsy. I, uh, I pretty much, I, I kind of um, <laughs> explain that to people as I'm, I'm the guy that. Uh, I'm the brewing equivalent of that guy that crashes on people's couches till he gets his shit together. Um, oh. So you just slip on, slip out. That's right. Yeah, do yeah, a yeah. little gypsy dance away. <laughs> that's that's right. Um, hold on, I'm just gonna. 
Which Two makes weeks. it that actually makes it sound really cool, by the way. <laughs> you slippery little gypsy. <laughs> slipping on and slipping out just sounds absolutely horrible when I'm looking at yourself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, I um I started uh, I guess my craft be a journey um, thirteen years ago or so. I was um, uh, studying at uni. I made a friend uh, who was working little creatures. I told him I'd just got a night fill job and he uh, said that was way too boring and that he'd get me a job. And uh, at the time I thought um, all beer was kind of to his extra dry and drank bourbon and Coke. You know, those Woodstock blue cans? Oh, oh yeah. That was, that was my jam when I was 18. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I went here. through some Woodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not going to lie. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Did you guys ever have the real McCoy? Because that thing smelled yes, like I also crushed <laughs> Do you also remember the Red Bear, the coloured vodka? Yes, oh, I, I actually had that one. Lemon vodka. lime, lemon yeah. lime. Yeah. Like um, your whole mouth would go blue and sh- anyway. Oh, that's the reason why I don't <laughs> this remember. This is reliving some, uh, well, like the uh, the cold shots, Carlton cold shot. Fuck, oh, they, they were, were fucking terrible. They taste, were tasted like ink. Really? I know, but they were that's like that's a thing. That's that's a yeah. that's a brewing <laughs> fault. What's it called? Um, Can't Cicerones, you know this. I actually don't know that one. No, we're going to cut that out afterwards as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Cicerones, you're meant to know this. Uh, We're we're pretending like that didn't happen. Nope. Uh, Bromophenol, I think. Anyway, irrelevant. Um, Let uh, me write that one down. Am I reverbing still? I hope Um, not. No, that's that's the echo from the room. We're in a room with no carpet. We'll we'll tidy that up as best as we can. All right, all right, all right. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, essentially a friend gave me a job kind of as a glassy at Creatures and um, yeah, worked there for a few years, finished my degree and um, just really just fell in love with beer. Um, like for a lot of people, I guess, same as me, like um, Creatures Pale Ale, you know, 2004 Pivotal. was, yeah, really, really like a really significant beer in my kind of, in my life. Um, and, you know, I used to live in this shitty little share house down in South Frio and there was a bottle shop around the corner that had Weinstefan, a few Belgians, and it really just like um, you know, kind of opened up my my world to that. Um, then I kind of went travelling for you know four or five years and all around Australia and through a lot of Asia and stuff. I'd kind of um, live in Australia in a new city for six six to nine months, then go overseas for about the same time, and then back. And wherever I, wherever I was living, I'd try and work in like a craft beer bar or something like that. And uh, eventually. Um, you know, I worked in uh, a few places in Melbourne and Adelaide and just as their kind of craft scene was kind of growing, it was really a lot slower, really a lot further behind than WA. It's completely different now, of course. but um, Sure. Uh, and then, you know, I worked up at, at Broom and, and at Matzo's and got a bit more hands-on kind of experience with it. Um, end was, up, yep. was that your first brewing gig? Uh, I wasn't I wasn't brewing then. I was just kind of, you know, waiter, do brewery tours and stuff. Ended up uh, then getting asked by Little Creatures to do their brewing tours stuff. Um, oh, so, awesome. so, yeah, so like... Um, Man, you would have nailed that. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was all right. That was pretty good. I was on Brazilian TV once, which is pretty cool, you know. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm like world famous in Brazil, actually. Um, yeah, you're like the Pele of brewing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like... Um, so yeah, then just kind of took every job that came my way that kind of I felt was like a small step closer to brewing. So, you know, delivered kegs and being a sales rep and a packaging operator and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, eventually got a gig at uh, Gage Roads, which was, um, I, I think, a, a wonderful place for anyone trying to learn brewing because it's got a really high turnover. So like, <laughs> as soon as you're like halfway trained up to a thing, they're like, oh, look, hey, someone just quit. <laughs> Go learn Step that up. thing now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So it's like kind of kind of a crucible in that way, and I guess, I guess it kind of shows. I mean, there's 
some phenomenal brewers that have gone through there. Like, Absolutely. Um, yeah, like uh, Charlie from yep. from Mash, um, Eddie Still, who ex Mash now at Creatures, yep. um, uh, Lachlan. Uh, Lachlan Crothers, who's uh, just won yeah. runner-up champion small brewery or champion new brewery at um, AIBA. He's at Ballistic now. Oh, sick. And yep. uh, yeah, and there's, and um, uh, what's his name? Fucking old mate Brendan at uh, Three Ravens. And yep. there's just, they yeah. kind of, um, and. Uh, you got Steph and Steve over at the Brow House over course. in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, the guy at um, Big Shed in, in Adelaide. I can't remember what his name is. I never actually worked with him, but he's an ex ex creature. Wow, I, did, I didn't know that one. Yeah. But yeah, there's like, um, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of a crucible. I mean, there's an equal number of people that have kind of burnt out um, and yeah. never <laughs> want to brew again. Yeah. But um, yeah. it's just. Sorry. <laughs> that kind of high pressure environment really kind of, um, you know. Is a good educational experience, and yeah. um, sorry, I'm really rambling. From there, I uh, I went and um, and distilled uh, hippocampus with um, with Lex, uh, which was great. Make some gin and vodka. I just saw Lex was packing up the distillery today. Yeah, I went by there to pick up a pork belly, and he forgot it because it's <laughs> like got a million things going on. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> how upset are you right I'm now? I'm very upset. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make some bacon. Oh, it's my day off. I was going to cure yeah. some meats and drink some beer. You know? And instead, you got to sit here with these three douchebags and talk <laughs> about your life. Hey, mate, as long as you keep my glass full, I'm happy. Yeah, we can do oh, that. That's all right. Oh, mate. Um, but yeah, please feel free to condense all this rambling. Oh, no, we, we love it, man. We um, wanted to get you on and let you go. So please. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I was, I was doing that. And simultaneously, I was working uh, about 20 hours a week at The Monk uh, with Mal Securable. And uh, basically, I was in, in charge of doing all the new product development, single batches, seasonals, uh, creating their cider program. I started a sour program, which has somewhat fallen to the wayside since I've left. Um, but yeah, I was pretty much just doing that until uh, Seb Levy, who you know is famous for uh, being an instrumental founder of, um, of uh, Petition, Craft Beer Corner. Yep. Uh, he came and approached me and asked me if I wanted to get involved with this new project, which was Other Side. And um, yeah, it's been 15 months or so since then, and I uh, still don't have a brewery, so... <laughs> 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 Which is funny because you guys are pumping out some fucking fantastic beers. So, all of that given, I think you're doing a pretty good job. Um, other side's got a pretty tight connection to the music industry. Um, yeah. So, um, so my my bosses, Dave and James, are guys that were involved in Sunset Events. So they were putting on Blues and Roots Festival over here and Laneway and, and Southbound and a few others. You know, they've got uh, Northwest Fest coming up, but they're kind of really winding back from that. There's the industry's not, um, I don't think it's as uh, big as it was five, yep. five, ten years ago. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they kind of, they want to start a new venture and, and move into like, um, I guess, um, part of our part of our plan, our grand plan is to, to have a live music venue slash craft beer joint. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that'll all go ahead. We're kind of um, ripping up the foundations on a heritage listed building. So, all that goes really slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Far out. That's exciting though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's actually on the move right now. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's uh, the the building is in is in Fremantle. It used to be the old um, uh, garden for the prison, and so oh, like wow. where they'd grow all their vegetables and stuff. So, no kidding. Yeah. So when they pulled up the floorboards, because they had to to restump the building to make it habitable, um, when they pulled up the floorboards, there was all this like archaeologically significant stuff that they unlike unveiled. Wow. So yeah, but but 
then they had to get the archaeologists in, and yeah, it's yeah, a pretty yeah. big, uh, <laughs> yeah. pretty big deal when you're just trying to rip yeah. shit up and yeah. build a brewery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, but but like they found like obviously old beer bottles and and love letters and bits of hair that have been wow. ripped out in fights. And oh, just sick! Really cool stuff. That yeah. would have been just straight up frightening to pull up floorboards and see human <laughs> hair. I, they, they, I, I think they fuck out of there. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Um, I saw. Did you guys run a competition with bands? Oh like yeah, yeah, tapped. Yeah. yeah. So um, so we we kind of had this foundation because we're really kind of tied to, I guess, supporting local music. I guess in in Fremantle, like WA in in bro- more broadly, but Fremantle in particular, um, there's a really strong kind of uh, local music thing, and there's yeah. a lot of reasons. Same with the the craft beer thing. You know, yeah. the kind of tyranny of distance means we have to support local a lot more. Yeah, and um. Lack of pokies really, you know, helps. really, really yeah. helps help, yeah, helps on both on both ways. So yeah. it helps with the local musicians because they've got more venues where they can go and do stuff. Yeah, and it helps with the the craft beer because there's you know a bar's got to differentiate itself somehow to draw in the punters because crippling gambling addictions is not enough to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank um, God we've got those TABs though. You know, <laughs> God, we'd be nowhere without them. But but yeah, so so we're um uh, the basically we had this this competition for some local bands went really well. Verge Collection won. Um, but there's a uh, there's there's like a, a half a dozen runner ups who are just awesome bands. And um and we're gonna put on a gig with them soon at Clancy's to kind oh, of um, sick. sweet yeah it's gonna be called the other side of winter so it's gonna nice. be kind of just a spring starts and oh cool yeah gonna do a little free so come on down I think yeah. it's uh, maybe the 9th of September sick I yeah so I'll be plug. there I'll yeah nice plug. <laughs> and it was so natural that's sick well yeah like I just got the email confirming it about 45 minutes ago yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> can we give him some reverb so he can plug that. I'd rather not. No, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I can do it for you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, moving back towards the beer, it's pretty interesting to see the first three releases you did were a Red Ale, yep, uh, German Fest beer. I guess would kind you call of, yeah. it? It's like a spin on that, anyway. Something, yeah, it's a spin on that. Yeah. So that was um, the the festival was uh, kind of before we decided to actually do a brewery. Um, so like um so other side was originally going to be a collaboration between the beer farm and Sunset Events. Okay. Um, that kind of didn't work out because I think. You know, the, the Sunset Events dudes wanted to have, like, urban and, and do events and festivals. That's their background. That's what they know, you know. Yeah. And Beer Farm was not was more about having their sense of place and their brew pub and all that kind of stuff, which is obviously yep. a, a great strategy for the industry. Um, so they kind of um, – uh, that, that kind of separated and then uh, Other Side was kind of left without a brewer. So that's when they approached me and they just asked me to make a beer for music festivals. Sick. And that was, the, they had what they wanted. They wanted like a sessionable, dry finish, kind of 4.2% pale ale-esque thing. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, I kind of thought, you know, it's a fest be- festival beer. I thought it can draw inspiration from like a Martzen or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's got a really kind of um, Vienna heavy malt bill. Yeah, that, that's what I like about it. I think it's delicious. Yeah, I think um, it, it kind of, it's quite like that kind of summer ale, pale ale thing is a really crowded market. Yep. So, you know, just something to differentiate it was really what was going through my head. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, hope you play around with the hops a little bit more. Yeah, cool. So, and you've also done the mid-strength brown. Yeah, yeah or 3.9% that one. Yeah, yeah. So just technically full strength, but, but pretty close. Four. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was um, basically I, I wanted for that. I just really wanted to have you know when you wake up and your mouth's furry and you're really hungover, and you want something kind of sweet, you know, like to kind of reinvigorate you a little bit. That's kind of what I was going for, like a hangover beer in the, the tradition of the the nourishing ales 
you know, the, the old kind of for invalids and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I was going for. So it's got heaps of heaps of caramel and, and, and biscuit malt and all that kind of stuff and lots of lactose and, and oatmeal. So it's like it's like a breakfast kind of so beer. Cool. If so that's when invalid, I'm going to drink it. Yeah, if you're an <laughs> <Yeah>. invalid, <coughs> A-OK for you, ready to go. Uh, but it, I always like reach for a Coke if I'm like really hungover. The black like, Panadol. Ugh. So this is that. This is that. Kind of, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I was going for. Kind of like, um, you know, the, the morning after kind of beer. Really? Um, I also like its right. code name. Now, this kind of got legs, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm glad to see someone else did. Yeah. <laughs> How could name. you not? Uh, yeah, so well, the, the idea the idea came from some dusty nights at, um, at uh, or dusty mornings after... Um, Big nights at Southbound, and uh, I was hanging out with with Amos, the the beer walrus, and uh, yep. and uh, Seb and uh, and Josh from uh, from Petition, and um and you know like uh, it's kind of I don't I, I hope it's not a real thing, but um apocryphal tales of of uh, shitting in the shower, having to get rid of evidence, <laughs> you know like maybe it's a festival thing I don't know. Look, there is and, a lot uh, of people out there who have done the waffle stomp before. The waffle stomp. It's not a fun thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was our kind of that was our code name. Marketing doesn't let me touch these things. So. Gee, I, w- <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Waffle stump. Who doesn't want to take a long hard swig of that? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I would, but we're, we're the one percent. Yeah, think. I think it's I think it's just yeah, it's um, maybe it just speaks volumes to my kind of anti-marketing agenda that I want to yeah. name things so unsellable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so this was actually codenamed the Waffle Stomp? Oh yeah, we were, we were developing it. Oh, like, I had no we idea. Yeah, 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 no, it was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was what we were calling it around the office. And oh then, man. Uh, so your IPA Blue Waffle? The IPA's the IPA's got a name, yeah. It's uh, that's probably earmarked for October ish. Hold on, you have an IPA? We've got one in the pipeline, yeah. Ooh, we've uh, got some brews goss, industry goss. (laughs) Yeah, we need to get the reverb back on that afterwards. No, we don't. Can you leave the reverb out of this? I just want everything to sound like 1970s hair metal. (laughs) It's got a massive god complex as Uh, well. It feeds into that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you've got an IPA coming. Um, can you tell us more about it, or is there yeah, anything uh, else coming out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the IPA. I mean, it's it's pretty much just a big dumb IPA. You know, like lots Fuck of hops. Yes, that's what oh, I want. Like, uh, it's exactly what I want to hear yeah, when people right? are talking about big beers, just big and dumb. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's not going to be. Hu- I, I don't want to make it too big. I'm probably like aiming like six two six three because I want to leave space for a double IPA. You know? Yeah. Like if you go too high, then you don't have room for. Then what? Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but in the in the meantime, I've got a couple of years in tank. Next week, I'm going to be canning uh, a lager, like a Heller style lager, just yeah. just a smash beer, yep. you know, yep. just like um, single malt, single hop, um, really clean, uh, kind of just a just a good kind of, you know, like a, a beer for my dad kind yep. of thing, you know, that that type of that type of beer. Um, I I really like the whole kind of um, modern craft lager, but I I haven't found one that is is better than the sum of its parts. You know, like yeah. I haven't found one yeah. that, that, that is a better lager than a, than a classic lager or a better IPA than a, you know, like um, I, I don't, like I think um, like something like a Beer Farm IPL, fantastic beer, but if I'm looking for a lager, it's not that because it's just got so much flavour and complexity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're yeah. buying that when you want an IPA, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just a nice spin on that. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and it's fantastic. But oh, like, delicious. But if I'm, if I'm trying to fit something in that lager category, I kind of want to do the more traditional thing. 
Um, and I got a stout as well, which is also in tank. Oh, wow. Yeah, I made that with yarn up at uh, last drop. Oh, cool. Oh, and it's like a big roasty kind of ball tearing. You know, like there's, there's kind of a lot of sweet stouts on the market. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah it's, it's not one of them. It's yeah. like Sick, super dry, toasty. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Uh, how big's that coming in at? Five eight. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so um, uh, it's it's not it's not like uh, it's big in flavor rather yeah. than, than ABV. It's yeah. one of those things when you're a gypsy brewer, um, because the margins are pretty much non-existent. Yeah, keeping excise costs down is a is a big concern. Um, you don't have that that uh that kind of uh, excise holiday that you enjoy as a producer because yeah. obviously you're paying someone else's excise you know costs. Um, so yeah, hopefully that'll that'll change come uh, come Feb when we got our own facility. Sick, that's exciting. So yeah. um, trying to keep costs down as a gypsy brewer is that kind of started the move down into the three fifty five mil cans because uh, we saw you were in the five hundred mil cans when you first released. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're taking a step down. Is 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 that a price point thing um, on the commercial side on the consumer side? Um, in or just because you wanted to. First, firstly, I'll just, I'll just. Uh, it's three seventy-five. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> get it right, mate. Aim the blame <laughs> what right it? here. Yeah, yeah, that was. Definitely I'm not going to get ripped off twenty mils, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, three fifty-five is just an American format. Yeah, you know, so yeah. we're we're just doing three seventy-fives. Um, it's actually like per hectolitre of production, it's more expensive because you've got you know you've got more, more caps, cans, yep. you've got more okay. handling. Yep. It, it doesn't you fit less volume into a pallet and all that kind of stuff. So yep. it's it works out more expensive. It was more just the price point of like five hundreds are great for the venue, uh, yep. for for a bottle shop. Yep. Yep. But for a venue, you know, like a lot of them are still stuck in that four hundred percent markup mentality. You know, rather than say, well, I make five bucks on this beer, I make five bucks on this more expensive beer, and I make the same money. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll yep. do a percentage markup, um, which you know is whatever. But um. But yeah, so like they're not going to have something that's going to land on their shelf at 18, 12, 20 bucks. You know, like no one's going to buy that. Whereas yep. this is this is 10, 11 bucks. People will give it a crack. You yep. know? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and makes sense. So can you tell us a little bit about how you feel about the uh, brewing and beer culture in Perth? I mean, both com- commercial and you're, you're pretty involved in the Perth homebrew kind of scene as well, at least online. Yep. Um, which, which I feel like does have a really good presence in Perth. Yeah, um, I think so too, yeah. Perth Homebrew, shout out. Oh, shout out to PHBS. Yeah, it's a phenomenal culture and, and community, you know. It's, it's really well, that one especially, I think, is really fucking cool. There's a lot of case swaps, a lot of sharing of information and equipment. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned to brew through somebody that was on PHBS and AHB back in the day, which is pretty oh. much dead for the Perth scene. So oh, shout man. out to long gone AHB. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, the first time I wanted to brew, I was just asking questions and somebody invited me around, told me to bring around a cube which i still didn't really understand why i was bringing around a, a cube that i had to buy from bunnings um so keith dunn so another shout out we're doing a lot of shout outs but that's yeah. all right um <laughs> invited me around we brewed together i thought i was just going to be cleaning shit uh he made me lunch and gave me the cube full of work to take home at the end of the day with oh, what a guy with like 50 grams of cascade hops as well nice. it's like man just go buy some uso5 put this in after about seven days and You've got a beer, and he kept none of the work for himself, and I think that's fairly indicative of the the Perth homebrew kind of scene, which is really cool. Yeah, it's really generous. Yeah. I mean, I I learned to brew um, not through Perth homebrew. Sure, I didn't really. I don't think it was a thing when I was learning, but um, um, but just by pestering pro brewers, like I was lucky with my job that I had access to a lot of them. Yeah, I literally just email them, you know. Uh, 
grab him when I could in a bar and just ask him questions and, and say, hey, maybe it tastes like this, you know. And like, and so many people that are that have um, kind of gone on to great things in in the industry really helped me with kind of forming my my concepts and of, of how how it works. Um, and uh, like my first home brew uh, was with these two dudes. One of them is now the head brewer at. Uh, um, Rogue Wave over in over in Victoria, oh, sick. and the other one is the head brewer at uh, the Hong Kong Little Creatures. Wow! Yeah, wow. So, so they were like, "Oh yeah, this is how you do it." And it was just, it was just <laughs> really like really fortunate. So I, I find it's really important to kind of um, you know, just answer questions and kind of yeah. And also, I hate misinformation. There's a lot of like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of that bullshit homebrew yep. things that just shouldn't be believed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that's cool. You're you're one of the people that are helping pass that. You know, pay it forward, basically. Yeah. You know, you were privileged to that, and I think. Brewers coming up now are more privileged in the fact that we have these online forums that are working really well. Um, and you're not the only brewer that's on there that contributes. No, it's, not at all. Yeah, it's really cool yeah. to see you guys paying it forward and helping out. Also, I learn a lot from it. Like, still, like uh, it's not like it's not just me being, you know, charitable. Yes. Like, yeah. I learn a lot from from yeah. the discussions and just people giving different ways of looking at things. Oh man, there's some absolute MacGyvers and genius people like microbiologists. I'm not going to do any more shout outs. You guys know who you are. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's people who have done like fully, um, you know, under vacuum kind of no oxygen brewing systems and stuff. They're just so complicated <laughs> That and crazy. just blew my mind though. Um, <laughs> so yeah, how do you have the time for that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. I yeah. really don't. You, don't. you know why? It's people that don't have their primary source of income from the beer industry. They can actually afford things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they're still keen to do it when they get home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. Uh, that's funny. Um, man, just got two questions to finish up our interview part of the section. Yeah, no worries. Gonna let you run with this one as much as you want, or feel free to ignore it. Um, something that's been pretty big in the Australian kind of craft beer con- con- conversation lately uh, is tap contracts. The A Triple C finding uh, that there's nothing wrong with them. Um, I've seen you know pretty good arguments made from both sides of this debate. Tell us how you feel. Um. It depends who you are, I guess. Whether you find something wrong with them, like um. If you're a small bar or a big bar or whatever, and you just you just done a massive fit out of everything, and you 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 know two hundred grand in the hole, and you got you got to buy stuff, and you got to buy you got to pay staff, and you got to pay utilities, and keep the doors open, and all that kind of stuff, having something as big as a tap system installed, that's huge. huge. You know, it, yeah. it really it really helps out. It's some I'd I'd argue that. Without tap contracts, a lot of places would have closed down just by having a bad month or two. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, and you know, places close down anyway, and all that kind of stuff. But it's one of those yeah. things that really helps. Um, it is, I guess, from a, a business perspective, you know, like I used to love rotating taps. I thought they were the greatest thing ever. I'd go to my favorite bar around the corner, and there'd always be six taps that are always rotating and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. you can't if, if you're if you're a craft brewer, you can't survive on that. You know, like you need to have a bar down the road that's doing two kegs a week every week so you can actually go to the bank and say, hey, look, I get this guaranteed income. Can you please give me a loan so that I can capital, you know, expand the capital of my of my brewery? You know, like from, from that perspective, it's, 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 really, it's really good. I think it's as a concept though, I mean, those are, those are two examples that don't reflect how it usually happens like um yeah. for for a big brewery to come in and like even when they're not contributing things like they're not they're not putting in new systems or they're not doing any of that stuff they're just saying hey 
we want exclusive rights to this and we'll pay pay you money to do so. That's hostile to... Mm. It's hostile to the industry. It's hostile to new people starting up, um, obviously. And it's hostile to the consumer who wants choice. I mean, yeah. like... Oh, but that's the thing. They think they're getting choice by the fact that there's nine or ten taps yeah. with different beers on there, but not understanding that it's all coming from the one, one company. One company, yeah. Yeah. But, and that, and, that, and that's, a, that's a huge factor too. But And, and it's like... And now to the point where for the mid-range craft breweries, you know, there's, there's a bunch that are doing the kind of, doing the kind of tap contract thing. And, and you know what? My company will probably have to do it at some point too because that's just, it's kind of the way the industry is going. And if you're going to be the one that doesn't do it, what, you are, you making, what yeah. are you making a stand for? You know, yeah. like you, 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 it's the crisis of the commons. You know, it's like we're all polluting the, the, the common ground. Um, but if you don't do it, the only one that loses out is you. You yeah, know? and, and, and yeah. I think craft beer guys, at least for the most part, are doing it fairly ethically. Um, I don't know of any craft beer contracts that have asked for an exclusive deal. Oh, um, no, no. It'd be, know, it'd be more like you're just locking up taps. Yeah, you're, you know. you're securing a few taps and you're giving a good deal. And that can benefit everyone. Totally. Like you said, it gives you some security as a brewery. Um, it lets the venues make some money when they might be struggling or you know, or they're just not making that much anyway. And if they do the right thing, it can mean a better deal for the consumer as well. Yeah. But I mean, but those, those exclusive contracts can fuck off. Well, the, the alternative to um, uh, the alternative to, to doing that is is what like you just say, hey, let's discount some kegs, you know, like let's 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 make all our kegs 180 bucks, and that sounds that's 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 worse for the industry. That yes. kind of race to the bottom is gonna mm. gonna hurt everything. That's well, what made. That's what made beer so, so bad that craft had to place. exist. Exactly. That's yeah. what happened after World War Two. Everyone's <laughs> just on these straight up adjunct lagers, and they're yeah. all shitty. Because it's it's there. Therefore, the only way to get better is to make is to well, the only way for your business to get better is to make it as cheap as possible. Well, yeah. Exactly. Once once everyone's doing it for one eighty, someone's doing it for one sixty. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel yeah, I feel like that was a pretty leveled answer to as well, which was sick. Maybe not as entertaining as I would have hoped from <laughs> Reese. Maybe we should have given him more beers first, but that's fine. Um, I can keep going. I'm not done yet. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just to finish up the in- the interview section of the podcast, man, on a little bit more of a positive note, what's something you want to see in craft beer? I know, douchebag question. Uh, it's a really open-ended... Do I have to be positive? No, <laughs> fucking <laughs> tear away, man. Oh, I, was, man. I, was, I was just giving you the, the chance. You know, okay... So here's one thing I fucking hate. Yes, uh, even better. <laughs> so much better. real close. <laughs> <laughs> Look as dead in the eye. I know. Nah, it's just like one thing that annoys me is uh, this kind of, this concept. And it's, and, and it's another thing that's quite, and this is, this is from the consumer, I guess, uh, quite hostile to, to new startups is like um, the idea that, that if a brewery was the first one to do it in WA, that they invented it. But let's face it, we all fucking ripped it off from America. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like the other day I yeah. saw a conversation how um, uh, like Mash was being accused of ripping off Feral by having a beer fermented on oak chips. Yeah, I mean, Feral do- does it and they do it great. Yeah. Mash did it and they did it great. Yeah, but neither of them invented it. You know, like we're not we're not stepping on anyone's toes. The more people that do it with a slight variation, we might find a new way of doing it. We might yeah. be developing something new. You know, like like you know. And and it kind of I mean the the opposite of that is is kind of everyone doing this bandwagon thing like you know all of a sudden kettle sours get discovered but everyone does a goza you know we we could do so many <laughs> other things this is the most interesting technique since yep. dry hopping yet we just keep hammering the same thing because that's a safe bet yeah and every time they do it they're like oh you're just ripping off blah blah, blah. fuck off mate <laughs> like yeah. 
<laughs> so who are you going to be looking to rip off? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I just rip off Perth Home Brew Share. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I can't wait for the other side mango milkshake to come out. <laughs> that was a great beer. That, oh, that, that, that was, that, was that the Three Ravens one? Uh, oh, the Mango that. Lassie? No, oh, yeah. that, that was a crack. Man, that really? was fantastic. Fucking great. Yeah. Do, you want, really do you want me to bring one out? Really? Uh, you got one? Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> yeah. Probably should. Yeah, that's a cracking uh, beer. They use uh, yogurt cultures to yeah. to do co-fermentation or co-souring. Uh, yeah, but that, that's that. I mean, I've been I've been doing that with Kelsey. I was going to say, I like, think they were just yeah. ripping is off that, Reese. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that just like normal bacteria that you'd put into sour? It's just it's just a real cheap way of getting yeah. culture. Like, um, so you get you get a tub of of uh, you know, two kilo tub of um, uh, yo play. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like a pot set cultured proper yogurt. Oh, yeah. And it's got four billion cells or whatever. I choose Mandela for my pot set Greek yogurts. Exactly. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Or, or you can buy a culture from a, a reputable yeast, you know, supplier. Yeah. yeah. And you get you get you know like ten percent as much for four times the price. Yeah. You know? Right. So okay. Yeah. You, know, you can just chuck yogurt in there. Whatever. That's yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. it'll be right. It'll be right. <laughs> Far out. Yeah. Well, that was a great tip. Yeah, I liked it. Mm. Cool. Mm. Um. Awesome. Sorry, so hold on. If we're talking about tips for that, if you want to do it that way, yeah. best way of doing it is you get like, uh, you know, like a, a vessel of some kind. You chuck in, you get some hot wort, you put the hot wort in there, you let the hot wort cool down, you put in like a tiny little bit of um, uh, bicarb soda um, and that'll, that'll, in, that'll bring up the pH. So what happens is yeah. uh, lactic acid cultures will kind of keep making, uh, you know, uh, more and more cells but then they'll stop as as it gets too acidic. So as they kind of colonize yep. the, the medium, they'll actually produce less of those. So if you can have something to buffer that, so something alkaline, they'll keep actually making more cells. Okay. So that way you can you're using a cheap source, which is the yogurt, but you're propping it up so you don't get as much protein or fat or all those things into your finished beer. Yep. So it's like a nutrient except for yeah. for acid. No, no, no. It's it's like um uh it's just it's it's just got uh my chemistry is pretty rusty, but it's got a fair few hydroxide ions that will bond with the hydrogen ions and make water, so it'll neutralize some of the acid. And let them keep going. Yeah. 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 See? I understood. Oh. No, no, I totally, <laughs> totally understood. <laughs> um, just, a, just a quick one. Uh, it was ferrous sulfate. The ink. Oh, flavor. oh, knowledge bomb. Nice. Ferrous sulfate. Um, we weren't actually recording that bit. That's going to not really make sense. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was no, just no, a straight I, up I, dick I, We may have been. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ferrous sulfate, for those of you playing along at home. Ferrous sulfate. Hope you got it right. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Tim? Yo. Spotlight on beer style. <clears throat> Oh yes. right! Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> every week we'll um, we'll endeavour to do a spotlight on a beer. Um, we've ripped our straight off BJCP uh, American Amber Style, which is probably the closest thing to what we're drinking now, being uh, Reese's Other Side Red. Um, although he does use the BA guidelines, we've used BJCP just because it's our show and fuck Reese. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it is what we're drinking today. Uh, and for all those playing at home, it is in the subsection a- Amber and Brown American Beer, 19A. Ooh, 19A. So if you did want to have a look at it. Um, so a modern American craft beer style developed as a variation from American pale ales. 
Known simply as Red Owls in some regions, these beers were popularized in the hop-loving Northern California and the Pacific Northwest areas before spreading nationwide. Uh, an amber, hoppy, moderate-strength American craft beer with a caramel malty flavor. The balance can vary quite a bit, with some versions being fairly malty and others being uh, aggressively hoppy. Hoppy and bitter versions should not have clashing flavors with the caramel malt profile. <laughs> Smooth. <Yeah. laughs> I am very sorry. Yeah, but look at the beer in his hand. I forgive him. Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> oh, let me just finish this bit before I explode. And let Reese talk about Harvest first. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I do want to throw one small shout out. I'm very sorry to my partner because this is actually her Mango Lassie IPA. <laughs> oh, no, no, uh, save it. I, mean, yeah, no, I think we no, all have I actually right? bought this for her two months ago and she still has not drunk it. So technically it's ah, now yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah well, uh, come on. Yeah. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, how do you feel about your beer fitting into that that category style? I, I actually think that the the notes on the caramel multi flavor, or the toffee toffee notes that you've got in your beer, that balance it out really really well with it without getting too cloying. Um, mm. You know, it balances out the bitterness really fucking well. Uh, yeah, I mean, thank you. Uh, I really I really You're like welcome. American style red. <laughs> I really like American style red owls. I find it's like probably my favorite style of beer just because it's got a really nice balance between malt and hop um you can really do a lot with it i think it's a great food beer you know any yeah. kind of red meat or anything Fantastic like that you know burgers exactly sort of style. those kinds of things it's just it's it's just a really good um everyday beer you know like um i actually w- i used to work at uh nail uh, not when they did the red. I, I wasn't there then, but I used to. <laughs> I talking about ripoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, no, yeah, well, like, um, and and I've been and I've had that accusation leveled at me as well. But oh, um, wow, uh, yeah, but I, I, I think there's a lot of difference. To be fair, well, that was actually a massive part of my of my brief from yeah. the bottom. Anyway, so like, I, I used to work at Gage Roads and I was at Gage Roads at Nail uh, as in a sales capacity. Oops, sorry. Um, and yeah, I remember asking, uh, cause I, I had a few, there was a few American imported reds coming over and I just loved them. And I was like, at the time, I think John only had three beers. He had the, the American, pa- uh, the Australian pale, uh, the golden ale and the stout. And I was like, can you please do an American red ale? There's a gap in the market. You know, like people want this, you know, that not, people weren't really into the big hoppy thing. Uh, I guess the kind of Australian pale was seen as more of an old time beer, um, but you know, there, there's there's a gap. There's something there that that we could really we could really use. You know, chuck chuck full of citrus and and mm. and caramel and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, about three months after I left, he made it, and it quickly became one of my favorite beers. You yeah, know, yeah. like it's a really really good beer. Um, but uh, but yeah, I had I had no no influence in that one whatsoever. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah. So with this one, I, when I told my bosses I wanted to make a red ale, I made one at the Monk as well. Um. And they said, uh, Dave and James were like, hey, yeah, whatever you do, just don't make it like nail red. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, and I, I think it's not. I mean, I, I find that uh, a lot of American reds have a tendency to be, you know, uh, amber or 19A or whatever you want to call it. Um, they have a tendency to the caramel can be a bit overpowering, a bit cloying. Yeah. And, and I also find like a little bit uh, metallic. There's a, there can oh, be okay. like a metallic undertone to it. Which I don't really dig, like um, so. Some of those things, you know, like when someone points it out to you, like, oh, now I can't untaste it. Ever. Mm, that <laughs> is the only thing that I'm getting in my mouth, and you're like, well, oh, well, that's just ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I kind of this, I kind of avoided that by um, 
using a more uh, German, uh, I pretty much exclusively used uh, uh, German and Belgian uh, malts or style malts for the for the caramel flavor. So you oh, get sick. more more raisin and that kind of thing coming through. Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the hops are you know uh, just mosaic, and then the the big C's, and that's pretty much it. You know, like it's. Um, I think this 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 beer I kind of with the with the uh, water chemistry I made it quite uh, chloride heavy, yep. which is it's just kind of a New England IPA kind of throwback yep. like so yeah, super really. soft. Uh, no, it's quite it's quite hard water because of what's available and um, what the beer farms working with. Um, okay. Uh, okay, yeah. So, but but in as compared to what we usually do, which is kind of a, a 50-50 kind of sulfate chloride blend, we went That's heavier. That's the jam on for the. N- uh, New England style, isn't it? Uh, no, no, uh, yeah, yes, yes, but but that's um, that I'm just saying what we add into it, oh, okay, I- yeah. ignoring yes, okay. the, the standard profile, yeah. which is probably sulfate heavy in the water anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is just a bit more kind of chloride heavy, which kind of I think lends to a bit more softness, kind of downplays the the hop character, the hop bitterness a little bit more, yeah. which then you know in turn lifts the citrus melon character. Yeah, it makes it super drinkable as well. I think, which is. What I like in my reds, you know, as you were saying, some of them can be quite heavy. Mm. Um, and even some of the really tasty ones can be a little bit cloying. And you don't mind, I think. Um, but by the third for, one, you mind. Well, after, yeah. you know, former tenant from Modus yep. is probably the perfect example of that. One can of that is fucking amazing. Two cans, you're like, oh, yeah. Mm. Third one, you're like, ah. Where's something else? <laughs> but that first can is what dreams are made of. It's yeah. so good. Well, yeah. So the, this beer, like, I mean, as you mentioned about the 500 mils, like, it kind of started as a, as a one-off type thing. Yeah. But it's really quickly become our flagship beer. You know, like we we we've never been since we first made it. We've never been able to not have it because it's it's what it's what's really driving the company forward. Wow. So I I, I did notice on the website it's still in the pilot. Yeah, range oh, of beers, look, which we're is not we're not really we're not really too fussed about those kinds of yeah. stipulations. But <laughs> <laughs> those, those details. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like I guess I, I guess we got we got pilot, we got core range, but like it's a, all whatever. There's a grey area yeah, yeah. in between. <laughs> yeah, as long as this makes its way over to core and stays, because my God, man, I'm loving this. Yeah, I, I, it will. But we just we really like the artwork. We commissioned a local artist to uh, to. That's uh, kind of what we do with the pilot series. We kind of get local artists to to do stuff. For us, yeah, um, it's just as a you know way of supporting the arts and all that kind of stuff. And we're not we're not really ready to to give up that awesome artwork. We're actually um we actually have a copy of all the art, and so once we have the venue, we're going to have like a mini gallery with yes, sick, oh, cool, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right, man, I think we'll wrap it up there. I uh, just want to say thanks to Reese for coming down, man, no bearing with us on what is our first podcast. So yeah, thanks, man. No <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> thanks for having me. It's been great. Uh, it's been a it's been a Yep. Cool. Let's. Uh, <laughs> it's been a thing, Tim. Yes, yeah, it's no. been something. It right. has been a thing. Cool. Let's uh, yeah. wrap this up, and we're going to crack some beers and have a beer. Thanks, Hell guys. Yeah. Thank Go. you. We'll see you next time. All right.